you're listening to a talk from City Church Leeds. For more information, other resources and media, please visit citychurchleeds.net. Yesterday afternoon, Kate and I had a really pleasant afternoon at Paul and Lisa's new home. Um, Paul and Lisa, as some of you know, moved, oh, uh, quite a while, yeah, a few months ago now, uh, moved from Normanton, where they'd lived, over to Yeadon. And uh, it was really to fulfill a desire of, of their heart to be really much more part of the family here in Leeds and to be able to, I suppose, walk out what they see in terms of belonging and being part of the people of God where they identify. And for those of you who know, that journey for them has been quite a, quite a challenge. Um, they had some stop-start on their you know, house move. They had people making offers on the house and then dropping out and having to live with all kinds of, kind of uncertainty and stuff like that. <clears throat> but now they're in their home. And um, it was lovely just to be able to be there with them and with Jude and Olivia. And, uh, I mean, we just sat and had lunch and we played games with the kids and I fell asleep on the settee. And, <coughs> you know, that's when you know you're, you really feel at home is when you can nod off on somebody's settee. Um, but we were just chatting, actually, about this whole business of moving. And it was really fascinating to hear how um, they'd been through all kinds of ups and downs, lots of different human emotions and stresses and anxieties and things that often go with it. People say, don't they, moving house is actually one of the most stressful things that you do in life. Um, those of you who've done it recently can probably identify with that. But they were just talking about how that all felt and... Uh, just listening to Lisa talk about living with that sort of in-between time when they, they knew it was the right thing to do, but um, there was all that uncertainty about when it was going to happen and who they were going to sell to and whether they would actually be able to move. But they kept kind of focused. And also, um, again, for Lisa, she was carrying things in her own heart as a mum does, you know, um, thinking about well, what impact is this going to have on the kids. Bless him. Uh, Jude, who is, what's nine now? Um, Jude was asking the question, why are we moving? Uh, and he was just saying, well, you know, I, I, I really don't get this. I mean, all I can see is I'm having to leave my friends. I'm having to leave my school. And, of course, for him, that was a pressure. But any of you mothers in the room will know that's a really hard thing to see your kid going through something like that, that you can't actually make better. Um, bless them, the, <clears throat> the lovely thing was that as part of that journey, they, uh, Paul and Lisa, really sought to involve Olivia and Jude in the whole process, you know, as they went to look for new places, as they, you know, they'd actually chat with the kids and say, what do you think? How does this feel? You know? Um, I have to say, there's such a sense of settledness in their home. For those of you who've been there, it's a, it's a lovely thing. Um, Olivia, of course, who's that bit younger, just kind of goes with the flow. You know, some 
folks are just like that, aren't they? They just go, hey, whatever, let's just get along with it. Um, those of you who've got more than one kid in your family will recognize that in the younger ones. They'll just go with whatever's happening. And that's the same for Olivia. But listening to Paul talk about it, um, one of the things he said, which I thought was very, very profound, he said, um, the thing that kept us going through all this is why we were doing it. And <clears throat> it made me think, actually, that here was a family in this period of some upheaval and transition, but the thing which kept them was the sense of why, why they were doing it. And <clears throat> it, it did strike, I have to say, we, we as a family are in a period like that. We're in a period of transition. Um, we think and we hope that we are going to be able to um, sell and move on from this building within the next few weeks. I'm not holding my breath. Um, experience has shown us that actually when people say they're going to do one thing, um, it doesn't always come through in the way that you expect. But at this moment, what we know is that the people who have offered to buy this building, they've assembled the money and they have said to their, their people, their solicitors, we're ready to go, get on with it, let's get the contracts underway. So, <clears throat> that's where we're at. And for us as family, there's that kind of thing of, wow, what's this going to be like, you know? Um, where are we going? What's this all about? And I want us to, I just want us to recognize that in any move, any transition like this, there are always going to be those similar stresses and similar anxieties to the ones that we naturally encounter when we move our family home. Um, there will be some people who are dead up for it and go, yay, let's get on with it, yeah, come on, let's, whatever the future holds, we'll pile in and we'll just make it happen. And there are other folks, quite understandably, quite humanly, who are going, but I'm not sure what all this means. All I can see is what I've been looking back to, but I can't see where we're going. And we just want to recognize those things are perfectly normal, natural, human reactions. Um, <clears throat> but like Paul and Lisa, I want us to stay focused on why. What is it about us as a people that keeps us through all of the kind of the movement, all of the transitions that God takes us through as a people? And <clears throat> As I've been thinking about this, I want to just refer us to a particular passage in the Word that helps us to see something about who we are as a people. And I want, I want to remind us <clears throat> of why God has called us to this city so that we can stay focused on that, so that all the business about moving house, as it were, is something that occurs as part of that journey towards why we're here. Would you agree with me that that actually 
is the main thing. Uh, somebody once said, let's keep the main thing the main thing. So the main thing is the why has God brought us to this city? Why has God had us here? <clears throat> um, I want to throw this one out there. That God has placed us, and I'm talking about just us in this room and what we represent as a local community of God's people. God has placed us in this city, I believe this, I believe it's in our bloodstream, to be a voice to this city. To be a demonstration of what it is that God is after in the ultimate. Now that's a big claim, isn't it? I'm not trying to big us up, I'm not trying to make us sound like we're better than anybody else. I'm just saying that that calling has never left us. It's been part of who we are ever since we started in the city. Um, let me try and just anchor that in the word, please. If you would, if you've got your Bible, would you go with me to Acts chapter 3? Acts chapter 3, and I'm going to read from verse 17 through to the end of that chapter. If I just say it, why are you just looking for that? Um, it was one of the most beautiful moments yesterday afternoon as we were at Paul and Lisa's home was to hear their testimony of how they as a family, since the move, how they have, and particularly the children, how they have flourished. That was the word that um, Paul used. He said, it just feels as if the children in their school and in their new friendships and just in every way possible, it just feels as if they are flourishing. Now that is a beautiful testimony. But I believe that in it, God wants to hold out for us this prospect. That as we're obedient to the word of God, as we follow what it is that God has called us to, that will be our testimony. That we as a people will flourish. And that God himself will be comfortable in adding people to us. So, yeah, if you're there in Acts, Acts chapter 3, let me read from verse 17. And this is just after that passage where uh, Peter and John have been going into the, uh, the temple area and they meet the guy who is lame and who uh, Peter reaches out his hand, he says to him, look at us. And he says to him, you know, silver and gold I haven't got, but what we have we give to you. And in the name of Jesus, he calls him into health. And the guy is restored. And, of course, this... This is a, um, <clears throat> this story then starts to spread and it attracts a crowd, as you can imagine. And he, he answers them and he says, Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. This is in relation to Jesus, who had been crucified in Jerusalem not long before. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, 
that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. And you must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from among his people. Indeed, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many as have spoken, have foretold these days. And you, you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Verse 24, all the prophets from Samuel on, as many as have spoken, have foretold these days. I want us to bring that right into the here and now, that what we read in this book was speaking of now. And you, that's us, we are heirs of the prophets. Another translation says, you are the sons of the prophets. And I want us just to, to hit on two things as we think about why we are here. <clears throat> prophets in the Old Testament were called seers. So we, as sons of the prophets, are people who by nature have been given by God to be able to see. We've been able to see stuff that God is unveiling that he wants us to make known to the world around us. Let me throw out a question. If I were to ask you one thing about God that you've seen, what would you say? Just one thing. What have you... God loves me. He's magnificent. Yeah. Do you want to say something else, Mel? He's an open lap for us to climb on. There's a fatherness about God. He's absolutely true to his word. He's faithful. So, I mean, just, just the things that you're expressing now are things about the nature of God that we've been given, by the grace of God, we've been given an insight. We've been able to see these things. How about I'll throw out another one. God is good. God is good. Now, there's a world out there that has no idea about the nature of God. They, have, they know nothing of God's faithfulness to his word or his promises. They know nothing of the love of God. They know nothing 
of the Father heart of God. But God has given us this privilege of being able to see into his nature. So we, we're a people who we see. We see what God is like. And because we see what God is like, we're able in some measure to put that out on display. Another thing that we can see, as we read in that passage, God is about restoring everything. Can you imagine, just, we're talking about dreams, just dream for a moment a world where people are at true liberty, where justice and righteousness are the main thing, where that is the common, where the opposite of those things is not the norm, where people and homes and families and relationships and communities and governments and nations have been restored in the way that God intended. We, here, in here, we've been able to see something of what that might be like. God's given us the capacity to see a world made after God's own image. We are people who see ahead of time all things, everything, being restored. <clears throat> That's amazing, isn't it? That's not what the world tells you. It's not what you get off the TV. It's not what you get from talking to your neighbours. But God has given us an ability to see something that means that we know how to live it. How about this? God has given us an insight. He, he has enabled us to see a kingdom. A kingdom that is reigned over by a king. King Jesus. Jesus, who loves in a way like nobody has ever loved before. A kingdom that's coming under the rule of God, <coughs> where everything finds its right place. Everything is in its proper order. Everything is in harmony with itself. We've been given to see a kingdom. We, we've been encouraged to pray, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That passage that we read also speaks of how we are a covenant people. We've been hearing, haven't we? The last months we've been going on about these things. We've been going on about a kingdom. We've been going on about God's plan of restoration. We've been going on about God's covenant. But it's not just theory. This stuff is life. <clears throat> Do you know what? If... If this stuff were not real, we might as well pack up, go home, get on with your life, live, die. Yeah? But this is the reality that God has given us insight to. 
a covenant people that God has taken and joined to himself. He's fashioned a union with you and me so that he could work with us, first of all, like the word said, to bless us so that through us all the nations on the earth could be blessed. What a destiny. Isn't that amazing? Is anybody else enjoying this? <laughs> because, listen, we, we, and we, have been, we don't see it. We don't see it in its fullness yet. But we've been given, by the eyes of the Spirit, we've been given to see this kind of stuff and to say, that is what I'm living for. That is what motivates me in life. That is what causes me to say, to, to hold out a hand of love to my neighbour. That causes me to say, do you know, I want to put somebody else's interests above my own. That is not human. That is not natural. But God has done something in our heart to transform our thinking, to change the way that we live. Because we have seen what he is like. We've been given a glimpse into heaven. We, the sons of the prophets, the sons of the seers, are those who see something beyond this world. And God has said, I'm wanting to work with you to bring all of that, to bring what is currently the environment of heaven here into the realm of earth. Because God has a plan to transform this earth that we live in, this creation that we're part of, he has a plan to see it transformed so that it perfectly reflects who he is. So God can look into the creation once again and say, it is good. I'm glad. It is good. And he's always, always intended to do it through a people. I agree. I agree. So, that was my first thing. We are sons of the prophets. That's what we're here for. We're here to be a voice to declare this stuff and to be a demonstration of what it actually looks like. The translation I read from talks about us being heirs of the prophets. Ooh, now then. An heir, an heir is somebody who actually has an inheritance. Yeah. And we are heirs of everything that the prophets foretold. If you go back into Old Testament, you will see that those prophets... They lived for a day that they did not see. They lived for a day where something would be manifest in the earth that they saw by revelation of the Spirit, which they nurtured in their heart, which they spoke forth, but which they never ever actually entered into. And do you know what it was? Do you know what it was? Ultimately, what the prophet spoke of was this. 
that God, God's manifest presence would rest on the earth, on the people. That's who we are. God has called us to inherit what the prophets saw and spoke of. And what, he spoke, what they spoke of was exactly that. The manifest presence of God resting on a people. That the Holy Spirit, the one who saturates heaven, should be at home on a people. Suddenly, all things become possible. Oh, I'm a son and I'm an heir of the prophets. <clears throat> Have you ever thought it's what you and I were made for? The Bible describes you personally, individually, as being a temple of the Holy Spirit. Temple, Old Testament, was the place where God lived. It was where his presence was manifest. No accident that the <coughs> apostle uses those terms, is it? You and I were made to carry the very presence of God. The Bible also says this, that you, plural, are being built into a temple. You are living stones, part of a corporate expression to carry the presence of God into this world. God himself said, there's no place that's ever going to be big enough where I could live. He said it to Solomon. But he was happy. He was happy to come and land in what Solomon provided. But God was always after something bigger. And what he was after was a people on whom the presence of God could rest. Now just think for a moment about a people conscious of living and walking in the world where the presence of God is so real so tangible that everywhere you and I go the environment changes because God just walked in. Where the supernatural manifestation of God is normal. I tell you what, I, I am looking, I am so hungry for the day when we hear accounts <clears throat> of the work of God in people's lives where people's yeah like we said homes and families are restored because God moved in where people come out of debt and into a place of genuine wholeness because God moved in where people's physical bodies 
are restored because of a work of God. Where, I, and I heard just recently of a woman who for years had been plagued by mental illness, who went to a gathering of the saints, not very far from here actually, <clears throat> and God touched her. God touched her. In that gathering, nobody laid hands on her. God touched her. And her mental illness was healed. Now, you know, that's real. Her husband, who was waiting for the call to come and get her, was surprised when two hours later she still hadn't phoned, which is what she would normally have done. And when she came home, he didn't recognize the person who walked in. Her heart and her mind were in peace. Praise God. Now that, that is what God wants to do. That's what he only can do. But he wants to use you and me where we are to introduce him into that environment. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> family, we are the sons and heirs of the prophets. God is just longing for somewhere to land. He's done everything. He's made it possible. So, okay, why am I saying all this? I want us in this transition that we are in, in this whole thing about moving from this property, I want us to keep clear sight of this fact that God has called us to be a prophetic people, a people who are able to be a voice in this city. I believe with all my heart that's what we are. I believe that we have a responsibility to this city to be who we are. I believe that God wants us to be a demonstration of what it is that we see. And we will only do that by learning to carry the presence of God with us wherever we go, wherever we are, whoever we're with. I just thank God he has made it possible. Amen. Has that, listen, anybody got any? I'm sorry, I've just, I've talked for half an hour. <coughs> Has anybody got any question or comment on what I said? I mean, are you as stirred by that as I am? Yeah, I'm glad to see. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, praise God. Do you know, this, the Bible says, doesn't it, that the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. That's what I believe is our destiny. Yes, Mel. <laughs> That's me you're talking yeah, about. okay. Did you hear the question? How do we get across that barrier which says it's more than just a nice idea to that actual place? I'll give you a couple of things. First of all, um, <clears throat> I believe it, it does start with us individually. But this is just, just what I found, okay. Um, we talked about the God who we see. In fact, that God is good. He's faithful. 
He is a father to us. I believe that all of those things, that is the fuel for our worship. When we truly see what God is like, we cannot help but express, just give our heart in worship. So here's a thought, and this is what I wanted to encourage us, that as a people, whenever we come together, when we come together to worship, that we don't wait for something else to happen, but our, our instant response in the gathering, no matter what anybody else is doing, our personal, individual, instant response is praise. That it, we're not depending on how I, what kind of day I've had. It doesn't depend on, you know, whether the, the roof's fallen in or whatever. God deserves our praise. God is worthy. And you've only got to open your eyes and see. So, number one, let's be a people who, when, when we come together, it's in that attitude that we're just going to give thanks and praise to God because it's all about him. It's not about me. And <clears throat> as a kind of extension of that, Mel, just to kind of follow that through, um, in our own private place, to just cultivate an attitude of affection for God, where I'm content, actually, just to give him my full attention. It's easy, isn't it? Especially today, it's so easy to be distracted by so many things. And yet there are times when God just says, come, come and just be with me. Just let me love you. Just enjoy the fact that we're together. So, two things really. One is, come with that attitude of praise. And second, cultivate that place of affection in your own heart. And I bet you see, this is what the Bible says. That God inhabits, or God is enthroned on the praises of his people. I didn't say that, that's what the word says. <clears throat> so when we provide God with an atmosphere, an environment of praise, he can't help but turn up. Because he's faithful to his word. He says, I'll do it. I love it. Praise God. Praise God. I think I better shut up there. Um, do you feel like worshipping the Lord? Are we ready for that? Yeah? I'll ask the question again. Anybody feel like worshipping the Lord? Are we ready? Yes. <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Can I just pray before we do? Is that okay? Just, uh, just open your heart to the Lord. Just, just begin. Just to, just love Him. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, there's nothing more that we desire than to be at home in your presence. Nothing more, Lord, than just to give you free reign. Father, thank you so much that you have, first of all, you've washed us clean.
you made us whole. Thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us so richly. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us eyes to see, to see the realities of heaven, to see the realities of your nature. Father, thank you that these things are uh, taking hold of our heart. They're taking hold of our motivations and our will. Thank you, Lord, these things are captivating us. And Lord, we just desire more. We desire more of you, more of your purpose. Lord, we desire to be those that you can work with and through to bless this world, this creation of yours. So, Father, we say, Lord, and I trust I can say this on behalf of all of us, Lord, we're ready for the journey. We don't ever want to stop. Lord, we, are, we have fixed our eyes on Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that what you went through, you did it for the joy that was set before you. Thank you, Lord, you had your eyes on the goal. Thank you, Lord, that we are your inheritance. Oh, dear God, how much, how much we have to thank you for. Thank you, Lord. We just bless you and we honour you and we give you praise, Lord God, because you are so, so good. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.